Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. And we're on. Hey, everyone. I'm Liam, the daughter. I'm Lauren, the mom. What's going on, girl? What's happening? <sighs> All right. Before we get started today, we're going to have to talk about something. All right. Sigh. Yeah. And you can already hear the lump in my throat. Yeah. All right. I hate these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate, I hate doing this because mm-hmm. I very much feel like a dancing clown. If you are, you know, unless you've been intentionally living under a rock, you yes. know that there's just some shit going on in the world Yeah, uh, with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, okay? Yes. Um, if you don't know, we are going to link uh, resources so that you can, you know, try to educate yourself. We are not going to try to educate you no. on the matter. Okay. Because that's still trying to educate myself. We're still trying to educate ourselves. We've been, you know, talking about mm-hmm. this as a family every day and mm-hmm. making sure we're, you know, trying to stay educated and we're going to be sharing resources with you hopefully unbiased resources because that's very hard with all the propaganda going on right now. Yeah. But if you need to, you know, learn, we're going to try to provide you with those resources uh, from people who can, you know, explain it better from the people who you should be hearing this from. Right. Okay. Um, but again, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably seen what's happening and it's it's very horrible Mm -hmm. and it's hard to talk about so when when we you know talk about this stuff I've with what we do I do feel like a little bit of a a dancing clown because it's like how are we getting up here and we're doing our dick and fart jokes when right this very serious very heavy stuff is going on in the world exactly yeah Uh, so I did write down what all of us as a family, you know, I am going to kind of speak for all of us Mm -hmm. here at Uncle Bob's. I did write it down and I am going to read directly from it because my issue, and this is why I don't like to talk about this stuff in depth. I get too emotional and that is not going to help anyone. I know this. It's like pack it in, bitch. It's not about you. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, but I like, I can't, you're going to, yeah. you're going to hear the lump in my throat. Right. Okay. It's just, so just bear with me. We will. Uh, we've been absolutely horrified to see what's going on in the news. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're heartbroken at such a brutal, oh shit, loss of life. Yeah. Okay. We've all seen it. Yep. Uh, we're not experts in this conflict. Like no. we said, we are still trying to educate ourselves. Okay. And there's years of pain that started before Laura was even born. Damn, that goes <laughs> way back. And we all hey, know. Why, why'd you have to get me right where it hurts? Uh, I will never not roast you. Nothing yeah. will stop me from roasting you. <laughs> um, we've covered many topics from both Judaism and Islam uh, and have deep reverence for both yeah. traditions. Okay. That being said, in our opinion, there is no place in the this world for the kind of violence we're seeing occur on right. both sides of this conflict. Yes. Uh, terrorism and what happened to Israel at the hands of Hamas was a clear example of evil. Our hearts go out to the Israelis and families affected by this unspeakable attack. 
However, this attack does not justify a genocide, which, you know, you will hear that word being talked about a lot. So I do urge you to go and pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. Uh, And we're just as heartbroken at the loss of life we're seeing in Palestine. Uh, We believe everyone deserves to be free. We believe Palestine deserves to be free. Um, Yes. But, the, you know, this is this is nuanced. People will say it's not, but I, I do believe that it is. And I think that you should go and educate yourselves. We will do yeah. our best to provide you with those resources. But we did not want to continue without, you know, we we know what's going on in the world. Yes. Okay. And yes, we, we are going to continue our dick and fart jokes <laughs> uh, because we, we do realize like, A, this is, you know, I'll be honest, this is my job. This is how right. I provide for my family and yes. my daughter. And mm-hmm. so, you know. It's got to be done. Right. Uh, but also we're a community and we're a family. Yes. And we hear from people every week who come to us, you know, just as a way to laugh and, you know, right. uh, feel that sense of family and community. Yes. So we want to still provide that for everyone. Okay. Yes. And so we are going to continue. Uh, but you can refer to this episode um, on our website. If you go to this episode's page, yes. you will find resources and we will try to keep them up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where we're going to leave that. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. We love you all. I, I don't I don't know yeah. what else to say. I know there are so many people hurting. We are hurting right there with you. Um, yes. But we're going to be here to, you know, try to make you laugh and try to let you know that, you know, we are here with you. Absolutely. Because, you know, that does matter. It does. Okay. Absolutely. On with the dick and fart jokes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why. This is why I'm not good, at, you know. <laughs> I think I don't know how I became, you know, the spokesperson for us when, you know, because I am just just so so emotional. You're just so eloquent with your words. Oh, right. You know what? (laughs) If I had to use one word to describe me, it would be eloquent. I think I've said that before. (laughs) And classy. Of course. (laughs) Of course, classy. I mean, that goes without saying. (laughs) You look up class in the dictionary, you are going to see my face. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, So, you know, it, it feels weird to shift from that. But mm-hmm. we're just going to give you a little bit of, you know, good news from Uncle Bob's here yeah. on our end. Yeah. Uh, we were on live TV. We were. Uh, who the heck let that happen? I don't know who let that happen. <laughs> well, Talk Pittsburgh let that happen. CBS, actually. <laughs> you know, I don't think we realized we were like going to be like on TV. No. We both thought this was like, you know, I don't know, like a little online live little thing. No. And then I'm hearing from people like, oh my God, I saw you on the news. And I was like, fuck, really? We don't. Good thing we're oblivious. (laughs) I think, yeah. Good thing we're oblivious. We were oblivious, but yet not oblivious. No, we were very nervous. Any step outside (laughs) of our comfort zone, which, you know, I mean, let's face it, we sit in these chairs each week and, you know, we're in the comfort of our own company and, you know, so to push ourselves, I'm so proud of us pushing ourselves out the boundary. But, you know, but hey. It did not come without, I mean, would it be? You can go and watch it. We'll link it. You would can it go be, and watch yes. our little interview. Yes. Would it be Uncle Bob's without some sort of? No. You know? Fucking miss- well, first of all, Laura kept telling me she wasn't nervous. We had like a week's <laughs> notice for this. And I was like, I was we- trying to be your Rockley. I was trying to be your Rock. 
girlfriend. <laughs> the silent rock. The silent um, rock. I kept trying to talk to Laura about it, and she literally she shushed me. She said, "We we're not going to speak we're of this because about she this. was too nervous that she yeah. didn't want to speak of it." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Should we tell our listeners?" And she's like, "No, don't say a word <laughs> until after it's uh-huh. done." Yeah, yeah. So the night before, right, right, my anxiety was off. The charts. Off the charts. Although Lord. I was trying to play it really cool. <laughs> and it was about. You're so cool. <laughs> was so cool. Right. It was about eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And I, I was at work and I said to one of the gals there, I was like, God, my face is really itchy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what I, think is I'm, I think I'm getting hives. And, and you I, kept telling me you were having an allergic reaction. And I was like, to what? <laughs> I think I'm getting hives. I think my anxiety just, you know, so well, of sure. course I have a face full yeah. of hives. Anxiety rash, and no then, biggie. Anxiety rash, <laughs> right. exactly right. And then I come home and I'm, you know, getting ready for bed. And I'm like, wow, my arm is like really itchy. Right. And then I was like, oh, I must have got bit by a bug or something. Lord. And literally like an hour later, I had patches. And I she looked has down poison ivy, and I'm like, how <laughs> the hell did I get poison ivy? Did I get poison ivy? Mm-hmm. I have poison ivy. And Everywhere. I'm like, first of all, I know what poison ivy looks like. <laughs> So I'm no how does that happen? Second of all, do you I want have, to know a secret? I have no clue. I could have been traipsing through it all my life and I would have not had a fucking clue. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, I don't think I've had poison ivy. I've never had it since I was probably a wee lass because okay. all right. um, I could literally roll in the stuff and not right. get it. So I Apparently think that, not, Lord. you know, my anxiety that my immune system is like, it's, it, it's tanked. It triggered a it's poison t- ivy response. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And I'm like, where? You know, so, I was yeah. out foraging. So we got to go on live TV <laughs> with Laura having, you know, patches of poison ivy all over her. And hives. My bob was on display again. I said, how many times can one person be asked to showcase the worst haircut they've ever had? Like, I'm so fucking bits. <laughs> you were trying to get me and Jake to let you wear the hat. I wanted to wear my hat and they were like, no, it looks so pretty without it. And I was like, you know, you are fucking bad liars. <laughs> you were fucking bad liars. You know, but all was well because as we were pulling into the parking garage, yeah, I witnessed a man peeing <laughs> the in the corner. <laughs> I said anything can be a Pittsburgh potty if you I just mean, believe. You yeah. know what I mean? I did catch it on camera. I don't know why I was filming us. I think I was trying to document us, you know, being on live TV for the first time. And of course we round the corner and there's just a man taking a fucking piss. And Laura, you did make eye contact. Did you see? Did you see? I know. Did you see? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I did. Oh, that's why the Hence face. The it is on TikTok. If you would like to see, it is pretty funny. Yeah, you can see Laura go through about five thousand motions in one in one second. And then, if you want to, you know, listen to our interview on Talk Pittsburgh, they yeah. just you know asked about the show, and it yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, you can see us actively trying not to scare the host with our witchcraft talk. You can see us like trying to just be real chill <laughs> because I don't think they were gonna vibe. With the witchy shit, you know, and we were both like, yeah, like we talk about apples. <laughs> you're going to come over to the show and be That's like pretty neutral. So this demon, King Payman from Hereditary. Yeah, you're going to be in for a rude fucking awakening. And Anton LaVey last week. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but apples. Yeah, no, Yay. go and watch our interview. I thought we did. I thought we did good. You I know give what? us a solid B. 
high five. You know what? Solid you, B. I don't know. There's room for improvement is what you're saying. There's always room for improvement, Lore. <laughs> hey, but go us. Go us. You know Yay. what? We have really stepped outside of our comfort zone. We sure uh, have. In the last two months, really. We've yes. really been like, put. we've been interviewing people, which is, not, I don't know how that started happening, but you know what? We're just embracing the. <laughs> That's right. We're going we're with the We're rolling flow. with the waves. Uh, That's right. We hope you enjoy. This is as you know, much for you as it is for us. Like yes. when we get to do stuff like this, we're so excited yes, for to share you it with because you. we're like, oh, we know that they'll be so excited yeah. to see the show on there. And, yeah. you know, because this is such a cool community. So go yeah. and watch it. Yes. Uh, and with that, let's just jump into let's it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we do have some cool topics today. It seems as though we've won a little literary. <laughs> you know what? Where's my pipe? Every time I talk about a book. I do want a pipe with some tobacco in it. Some wacky tobacco. <laughs> some wacky tobacco. Yeah. There's not enough wacky tobacco in the world. Not right now. Not right now, mm-hmm. motherfuckers. All right. Uh, I am going to tackle a big one today. Of course, naturally. Of course. Uh, I'm going to talk about Stephen King. Okay. You know what? Let's buckle up, baby. Let's buckle Let's up. Let's do it. I didn't even review my notes because they took me so long. Oh my gosh. And you know what? We're dealing with a Virgo. I'm, Let me just say this right. Yes. And for some, every time you fucking Virgos enter my <laughs> sphere, I get real fucking weird. Detail like, oriented. Just get out of my head. You're like, Steven would not be happy if get I didn't include. Get out of my head, you little rats. <laughs> every detail. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't include enough detail. And I'm like, chill the fuck out. My, my Aquarian mind is like, what's wrong with you? Smack, smack. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to tackle Stephen King now. Yes. This is not a roast. Uh, this is not a roast. In fact, I included almost nothing. No roasting. About why he would maybe deserve a roast because I put a poll on our Patreon. Yes. You could go check our Patreon out about who you wanted the next roast to be. And it was clear. It was very clearly they chose Walt Disney. So for me. <laughs> for Lore. So Lore will be roasting Walt Disney come November. Look yes. out, Disney. Start rolling over in your grave right now, pal. <laughs> or your cryogenically frozen tomb. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yes. Uh, but Stephen King was second. Yes. Which means you were being denied the Stephen King <laughs> roast, and we have to just learn about him. In general. In general, which I think is actually a good way to start. Because come on, this is an iconic figure. We've talked about many Stephen King stories. We have. If you don't know, this is an American author known for his horror, supernatural, and sci-fi novels and short stories. Yes. And he is credited with reviving the horror fiction genre in the late 20th century. No big deal. I love it. It's going to, no big deal. No no pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Uh, That explains his nickname, the King of Horror. Ooh. You see what they did there? I love it. You know what? A little on the nose. I prefer Sultan of Splatter, which goes to Savini. That's my favorite. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, his stories include Pet Cemetery, Salem's Lot, It, The Shining and Dr. Sleep, Carrie. I'm just even naming the ones we've talked about. Yes. So, I mean, so you many know more. As I was doing this research, there were things I didn't even know were Stephen King stories oh, really? where I was like, motherfucker, there you Is are right? again. Oh, you were gosh. everywhere. Yeah, I didn't know The Mist was a Stephen oh, King. And yeah. I really like that movie. We'll yeah, talk about yeah, that yeah. in a minute. Uh, so today I will be focusing on The Man. The myth. The legend. Yeah, not one of his specific works. We're yes. going to talk about Stephen King himself, okay? Awesome. Here's some background on The Man. Give it to uh, me. Stephen Edwin King. <gasps> Edwin. The is that Edwin McCain? McCain King. <laughs> Mashup. Uh, was born on September 21st, 1947 in Portland, 
Maine. So that uh, makes his big three a Virgo sun, but he's a little bit cuspy there. Uh-huh. Uh, Sagittarius moon. Ooh, love it. Mm-hmm. Love that. And a cancer rising. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That made sense yes, to me. Yes, yes. Uh, he was the second son of Donald and Nellie King. Nellie. Who, Nellie. Nellie. I don't know why. <laughs> Nellie. Nellie. <laughs> That's how I want to say that. I don't know. I didn't Aunt Nellie. Did you have an Oh, we <laughs> did. Oh, my God. I she liked to wear very boisterous costume jewelry. She she really did. She had quite the collection. And she had very bright eyeshadow, which yes. we're, sens- we're seeing as a running theme in our family because we've brought it up many times. They were a my fan God. of the bright blues and purples. Am I going there? Yes, Lord. Remember when we talked about you breaking out the blue eyeshadow? I said, now hold on. It's a sign of the times. Hey, it's coming back up. No, it's really, it's really not though. Um, so his parents separated when Stephen was a toddler. Uh, that, I think the father dipped. Okay, uh, I think okay. he abandoned the family. Uh, nice. Uh, so him and his brother were raised by a strong, single working mother. Nice. Which you can then see reflected in his stories. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, they spent part of his childhood in Fort Wayne, Indiana, as well as Stratford, Connecticut, before landing in Durham, Maine. Uh, for good nice. when King was 11. For good. For good. <laughs> he will He's, never leave Durham, He Maine. never left. Well, I mean... The man does love Maine. So, uh, uh, as a kid, he had a very active imagination. Active. So active. So active and was into fantasy, horror, and science fiction and mm. monster movies and books. Of course. That's not surprising. No. A big movie buff, yes. from what I can tell. A cinephile, you might say. A c- oh, a young cinephile. <laughs> uh, Stevie. Do you think I could call him that? Think, I'm going to try think, out a few nicknames throughout the, throughout my time. Steve-o. Steve-o. I do have that written down. <laughs> Steve-o. Uh, Stevie has said that he stumbled upon a stash of old pulp horror magazines, Ooh. which we've mentioned before, uh, yeah. that his dad left behind one day. At least he left <laughs> something. <laughs> and the rest was history. So around the age of seven, King started writing his own stories. Seven? Around, yeah. The age of seven. He started Lord, writing his own stories. You know, I was drawing at the age of Holy seven. Holy shit. Yeah, but writing? We've talked about this. What? That would make him a child prodigy. <laughs> no one said they were good, okay? <laughs> it was probably like... Practice. I love my mom. <laughs> the end. I don't know. Uh, and he did writing for papers and magazines in school while growing up. Wow. So come on. Give him some credit. King went on to attend the University of Maine to study mm. English. And I think this is where the writing, you know, Could you see him as serious. an English teacher? Yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah, I'm getting oh, it. Yeah, okay. couldn't you see him as a shut teacher? <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, while there, he was super involved in the school newspaper, the dramatic society, and in student politics. Mm. Okay, uh, he met another student named Tabitha Spruce, which is Tabby. maybe the... Tabby Spruce. That's the funnest name I've ever heard. I said that is the cutest name I've ever heard. I feel like your name should be Tabitha Spruce. (laughs) (laughs) Should it not? That's very you. Tabby Spruce. Franny Fern. Okay, yes. Change your name. You know what? Just go with it. (laughs) Rebranding. Rebranding lore. The artist formerly known as. (laughs) As lore. I like that for you. That's cute. Okay, Tabby Spruce. I think she was also involved in English because she is a writer as well. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, they met at the university library. Come on. Huh. And what sparks, a cute. Sparks were flying. Neat Literary cute. sparks were flying. <laughs> she was one of the first people to read some of King's short stories, wow. and they married in 1971. Oh my gosh, and they're still married? I believe they are still married today, oh and they God. have three kids, what a daughter a and story. two sons. Yes. Cute. Uh, Steve-O. <laughs> Steve-O graduated with the bachelor's in 1970 and was qualified to teach at the high school level. <laughs> wow. Uh, so it was tough for King to find a job in his field at first. Okay. So he worked at an industrial laundry and sold Ooh. short stories to magazines to oh keep him God. and Tabitha afloat. <laughs> what? <laughs> he sold shorts and shirts <laughs> at the laundry. <laughs> I, I was I, I didn't see where you were going with that. <laughs> you didn't. He, he sold shorts and shirts. I mean, I guess the laundry was okay. He became a clothing. Designer. I thought it was Stephen King, so I thought it was pretty honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I said short stories, so get it together. <laughs> but he sold them to magazines to keep him and Tabby afloat. Okay. I did see Playboy <laughs> mentioned. Oh, really? That kind of mag. Wow. Or the dirty, okay. <laughs> the dirty mags. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, finally, in 1971, Stephen snagged a high school teaching job in Maine. Wow. English, of course. Yeah. Uh, I've been cool. The art of laundry. <laughs> this is his first novel. <laughs> Little known. Uh, it feels good There's to There's a murder in the laundry. Okay. You know what? That'd be kind of funny. They found somebody in the Do you remember dryer. In, in the movie Identity, Identity when they find the head in the dryer? That yes. still creeps me out. Yes. See? Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> <laughs> the hand that rocks the cradle. Is there a wig involved? <laughs> I think there was. Okay. Anyway, uh, he continued to write his own short stories and okay. novels in his spare time. Okay. So it really seemed like Tabitha was his biggest supporter. Um, she insisted that he prioritize writing oh over making money. So she was oh like, gosh. don't take a job that's going to take away from you being able to write. You know what? What? She's a keeper. You get someone like Tabitha, man. When I was reading this, I was like, Tabby Spruce. the one. You're Tabby a keeper. Spruce. Oh my God. And she's the cutest thing you've Is ever she? seen. Yes. <laughs> Um, and she made sure that he had access to a typewriter. Oh my gosh. I oh love my her God. Uh, she once even pulled some of King's pages out of the trash and demanded <gasps> that he keep working on the story. And good thing she did because those pages were about a shy, tormented, telekinetic girl <gasps> named Carrie White. White. He threw it away. Mm. And she was like, no, bitch. Speaking of which, Piper Laurie just died. I know. Uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace. I have that. That's she terrified me and Carrie. She didn't. You know what? She terrified me in Twin Peaks, too. Quite and frankly. the faculty. Oh, my God. Yes. Bitch, you were good at being scary. You will be missed. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, Carrie was published in 1974, and the world was officially introduced to the king of Ooh, horror. Nice. Ooh, way to go, Tabby. That's nice. all I got to say. Way she's to go, she's, Tabby. She's the real, the real MVP of this story. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's get into his early career. Yeah, let's do it. The 1976 film adaptation of Carrie starring Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie, rest Love in it. peace, is what really brought attention to King's work, from mm -hmm. what I can tell. So okay. the book was not that well known oh. until after the release of this movie, which was only a few years, yeah. you know, and then it became like a smash hit. Yes. Uh, William Cat, wasn't he in that? Oh my gosh, the greatest American is hero. Is he the one with the, with the, the curls. curls? You know what? I love those curls. I love him. I love those curls. I need to do house. Ding dong, you're dead. 
I need to do that one. People have requested it's on my list. it. Yeah. Uh, the film was obviously incredible. Okay. We've all seen Carrie. Love and it. if you haven't, please go watch yes, Carrie, especially around Halloween. The performances, the visuals, the, in my opinion, the slow build and burn of Carrie is like Gosh. none other. Like you just, the suspense just slowly yes. fucking builds in that movie. Oh wow. my God. I totally forgot John Travolta was in that. Okay. Laura, we don't, <laughs> need, we don't need to know every fucking person that was in Carrie. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, I'm going to go watch that tonight. You know what? Let's do it. Let's do you know it. That, a good movie night. <laughs> yeah. uh, but people were really struck by the characters. Okay. Specifically mm-hmm. Carrie. Yes. Her journey, the turmoil, the metaphor of like her telekinetic powers, that intensity at the end. It yeah. was kind of like, whoa. Yes. Um, and it caused people to run to King's books yeah. or the book to get more. more of that. They yes. wanted more of that like character he was so good yes. at writing characters character development so after carrie king kept on writing yeah. salem's lot the shining the mm. stand the dead zone fire starter cujo christine oh my gosh and on and, and on and so on. on and so on uh by 1980 stephen king was the world's best-selling author <sighs> and by the early 90s he had sold more than 100 million copies of his books worldwide Holy crap uh he was no doubt solidified as a horror fiction icon even though a lot of critics absolutely hated his work i think really? this is interesting yeah they were like not very nice to him at the beginning there. Right? it wasn't until shawshank that they started taking him seriously mm. and that says a lot about what people think of horror yeah and it so really it, does. yeah because it wasn't until he yeah branched off mm-hmm, of the horror that they, that they like Stand were like oh me. you're yeah. actually a talented writer and it's uh, like motherfucker yeah, i was talented all <laughs> this exactly. time um over the years there have been countless tv and film adaptations of wow. king's stories i could not even name them all <laughs> if no. I wanted to, um, some of which were brought to life by very notable directors like Carpenter and Cronenberg. Nice. Even some of King's short stories were put on the big screen, like The Body, mm-hmm. which turned into uh, Stand By Stand Me, by and me. Rita Hayworth, which yes. turned into Shawshank mm-hmm. from different seasons. So that was a collection yes. of four short stories. I would recommend picking that book up. So good. Sometimes King had or has involvement in the film yes. or series adaptations. And sometimes, sometimes he, he does not. He famously like hates The Shining. Yes. Um, and I'm he, with you. We are both <laughs> with you. Um, I feel like there has been at least one King adaptation released a year since the 1980s. Like I was yes. scrolling through. I have like yeah. a list I'll include of all of them. And I was like, like yeah, literally, literally since the late year. 70s, even it's like boom, 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 boom. Wow. You can't escape them. Yeah. And I would expect that to continue until the end of time, really, yes. because King's stories have something undeniably special, yes. which leads us to his legacy and impact. Bravo. 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 I was really proud of my, like, <laughs> I don't know. The I structured things good today. Um, even though horror may have been what drew some people to the books, mm-hmm. once they started reading, they found that King was much more than just a horror writer. Yes. So above anything, he wrote and writes about people. Yes. So I was really, like, out to see, like, what is the, like, one thing that people are like, this is what King does. Yeah. And it was that he writes people in a way that, others Nobody just else. can't yeah. do right so he writes about regular human beings going through or experiencing often extraordinary or supernatural situations right. which in my opinion those are like my favorite kind yeah, of stories right but he's just there's such a humanizing quality yes humanizing mm. is a very mm. good word um he is very detailed <laughs> now yes. he writes his characters virgo. i did say virgo son very detailed so you feel like you know them 
Mm-hmm. You feel like you know the characters, yeah. you can relate to them. Yeah. They're interesting. They have depth. Yeah. Uh, they feel real. Yeah. Okay. And you care or feel some type of way about yeah. them almost instantly. Like even the characters you don't like, yeah. it's pretty it's like cancer empathy. Yeah, yes. he does know how to yeah. play on your emotions. That's yeah. why that, yeah. that placement wasn't yeah. shocking because uh-huh. he does know how to pick up on yeah. those emotions mm-hmm. and you're ready to follow along on this character's journey, Absolutely. whatever it is. Um, emphasis on journey. Okay, so think about how in The Shining, The Shining movie, this is Sagittarius, the journey. Okay, Lori, yes. (laughs) Think about The Shining movie. Yeah. It lacks that journey. And I think that's why a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't care for it because Nicholson starts off, you've talked about this, he starts off unhinged. Like the first time you meet... He don't see his descent as as well. He is pretty much, you know, he just only gets worse. In King's writing, he he starts as a very, you know, sympathetic character and then goes on this journey, which is a very important element to King's stories. You have to have that journey you Mm -hmm. can follow. So King has said that to truly scare a reader or mm-hmm. audience, they have to care about the characters. Yes. Go on that journey with mm-hmm. them, identify with them yes. or else they won't be scared beyond like a jump scare. Right. Like if you want to like get to like the terror yes. of it all. Yes. So he typically writes about common everyday Americans that you can recognize. Yeah. You know Sympathize what I'm saying? Sympathize with and, and then, see some of yourself in them. And that's why you're so scared. Yeah. That's why you're so scared because of that humanizing quality to it. Even the locations King sets his stories in are usually pretty like common small small towns, usually in Maine, but they're recognizable to most Americans, classic idealized American Mm. towns with the white picket fences and the manicured lawns. Okay. But when you look a little deeper Mm -hmm. and you get to know the characters, you learn about the dark undercurrent that lies beneath it all. And that's where like the horror comes in because we all have felt that dark undercurrent. Okay. Yeah. So instead of only focusing on like the monsters or the classic tropes, which from what I've been reading, like up until the seventies at this point, that's a lot of what horror leaned on was like, you know, the monsters or the big scares. Yeah. King was also looking at the horrors of being human. I love that. Um, and of how humans treat each other, how they affect one another. Okay. Very, I mean, that's the most terrifying of all, right? Exactly. Um, Uh, Even though man's inhumanity to man. I was going to say fitting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even though the writing is scary Mm -hmm. okay, and you're scared reading it, like his books are fucking scary in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You want to keep going because you feel so connected to these characters and their struggles and fears because they're your fears too. Right. And you're hoping they make it. You want them yeah, to make it because you want to make it. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's playing on that, yeah. that very human familiarity. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times these characters were kids or teens. Yes. So it, it's, stand by me, yes. Carrie, they're teenagers, yeah, they're in high right. school, which A, made it even scarier. Of course. Right. And B, made it even more relatable to that age group. Of course, Christine. Oh, Christine, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that a lot of people encountered or fell in love with their first King story, mm-hmm. book or film, as a child. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I watched this documentary. I will link. It was called King on Film. Yeah. That's what a lot of people said. Like, oh, I found him in the 80s or 90s when I was a kid. Yeah. And it like kickstarted this deep appreciation for horror. Interesting. Because he knew how to, I don't know if it's he has a young yeah. spirit or because he has kids, but yeah. he knew how to relate yeah. I'm trying to, to think of like what the first Stephen King I was uh, 
you know. I'm going to get to mine in a minute. Yeah. I think, I mean, the first movie, I think, was It. I mean, you played It mm-hmm. all the time. We had the VHS. Yes. At that time, it was the double VHS. Yes. You had to have the two tapes two. because it was, Intermission. <laughs> it was so long. And I always love, I love two yeah. tape VHS. Oh you my know, gosh, when you have to it. switch. Yes. That was probably my first movie, but I'll get to my first book in a second. Okay. So in this documentary that I'm talking about, Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. was involved, who we love. Flanafan. We're a fan of fans. Yeah. Uh, he spoke about how horror stories help us to be brave. Okay. Because you're in a safe space as you're going through these fears. And King really knew how to walk you through that journey of encountering fear and then being brave and Mm. getting to the other side of it. Like again, it is such a good example of that. It's all about facing those fears. Mm -hmm. He found a way to perfectly describe the big and small fears of pretty much anyone and everyone like if you think about his stories they're all so different yeah you have clowns you have psychological you have science fiction they're all scaring you in kind of a different way yeah they're picking up on something different Mm -hmm. the surface level and the more dark secretive and gritty shit it was all on the table you know what i mean so yeah well, that's what I was thinking. Like, what is more terrifying? Was it the clown, the extraterrestrial clown? Or, or was, was it, it Bev's uh, dad? Bev's dad or the, the Bauer kid? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because exactly. everybody had a bully coming after them. Everybody knows what that feels like. Maybe Correct. except the bully. But no, because he was bullied at home. Exactly. So, I was going to say, yeah. you also a had bully, that very yeah. humanizing quality yeah. to even those yeah. characters, yeah. which is why. I felt bad when Belch got pulled through the <laughs> <laughs> Lord's like, you know what? I'll get rest in peace, Belch. But yeah, so like really nothing was off limits. You were feeling for kind of everyone involved, which is a a very, that's a hard thing to do. And Mm -hmm. he was kind of the best at it. So I reached out. I decided because my first uh, book experience was from my high school English teacher, Mr. Bechtel, who was one of like, you know, uh, he one of your favorite teachers. Teachers. When I say t-shirts. One of my favorite teachers. But this English teacher of mine, you know, just had such a huge impact mm-hmm. on me in my life. He yeah. was just one of those teachers, you yeah. know, that made a huge difference yeah. uh, for me. But he taught Stephen King. I, I thought he taught Carrie because I have a book that says Bechtel in the corner. <laughs> I know he gave it to me. Yeah. It's Carrie. He said that he taught different seasons. Uh-huh. When I, so I reached out to him and I uh-huh. said, hey, I know that you taught Stephen King because I know that was like one of my first yeah. experiences yeah. with his book. So, A, thank you. Yeah. Like, thanks for thank, that. Thanks for that. You, uh, you know. My trajectory into horror. I am Thanks now a horror fanatic. Thank you very much. Uh, but I said, like, why? Like, why did you mm-hmm. teach him? Why do you think mm-hmm. he's important? What, you know, mm-hmm. why is he so impactful? And he said, I'd say King's success was his ability to use horror to help unravel the many human themes and conditions that might have been taboo or uncomfortable mm. or even difficult to reveal with a non-horror plot. Mm. That is is important because mm-hmm. the horror vehicle just yeah. really makes and it's it. interesting that you say that because Suze Romero kind of touched on that a little bit in her. You can have conversations her, yeah. in horror that mm-hmm. I think other genres, you, you just can't, can't get right. there. Yeah. Uh, and he said, ultimately, he was a great storyteller that added substance to the horror genre. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. like he was going a little deeper than yeah. just those... 
classic monsters, yeah, the, right. the jump scares. He was picking a little deeper. Yeah. And we all felt he's it. He's getting underneath. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Mr. Bechtel. Thank you. We love you. Okay. So King now has over 70 published books. Holy and shit. And has had over 30 become number one bestsellers. Okay. Wow. He ha- uh, is obviously. What about those other 40? Okay. You know what, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty impressive. That is so fucking yeah. impressive. Uh, he obviously has won countless fucking of awards. Course. I'm not yeah. going to name them all. Yeah. If there's an award, he's, he's won it. it. Uh, even though he is most known as a horror writer, he mm-hmm. crosses many genres mm-hmm. and shouldn't be limited to just one. I mean, right. if you think about his body of work, yeah. you've got Shawshank. Oh you've, got, you've got Jake's so much movie. more than horror. I yeah. mean, it's still horror, but you know yes. what I mean. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's impossible to overstate just how much of an impact and influence he has had on fiction as a whole, uh, yeah. but specifically the horror of genres. Course. I mean, yes. come on. Uh, he is responsible for so many iconic film and horror moments, mm-hmm. images, themes. Okay, Carrie and the Pig's Blood. Yeah. How many times have you seen, seen that, that referenced or, you know, so many. Pennywise in the Storm Drain? Yes. Right? Yes. Kathy Bates doing beep, some. Beep, Richie. Beep, beep, Richie. <laughs> Kathy Bates doing some nasty footwork. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm gonna call that. I mean, these are like iconic. I mean, they're like in, in, some would argue they are the most yes. iconic images in horror, yes. and they all came from or his were mind. inspired by Stephen King's yeah. stories in his mind. I mean, that's wild. Here's Johnny. Okay, th- yes, <laughs> I had to get it in. Reference. Get it in. <laughs> um, I can't even name all of the stories, writers, movie mm. shows he helped inspire. I yeah. mean. So many. If it's in this genre, he probably had a hand in it. Um, And I cannot overstate just how many King references there are in other pieces of pop culture. Uh, There's parodies, there's homages, there's cliches. He's probably responsible for some tropes himself. You know what I mean? He's just, he's in there. Yes. He got in deep. He got in there. (laughs) He got in there. And he's in there. All right, let's talk about some common themes in King stories. In case you've never read a King story, here's some stuff you're going to see, you know, Mm -hmm. pop up time again. Time and time again. Time and time. Time Time after time. Cindy Lauper singing. Okay, so his books take place all kind of in the same fictional universe. Yeah. So you'll see like Castle Rock, yes. uh, Dairy Maine. Yeah. So towns, characters, and landmarks will reoccur. Mm-hmm. And this is where the science fiction kind of comes into yeah. because a lot of stories will like intertwine. And you're like, how did that happen yeah. at the same time? It's kind of fun. Uh, obviously, all things creepy and supernatural, you're mm-hmm. going to see. It's a blend of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, etc. Obviously, fear is a big theme, of playing course. on your fears. Yeah. Everyday people with special powers or abilities. Love that. The monsters are inside of us. Like we mm. talked about, like who's the real yes. monster here? Being stuck and isolated is a big theme. So if you think like 1408, Shawshank, yes. Rose Red, which I have never, yes. I've I never seen. Because that was a television one. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've I never saw seen that, on that TV, one. Misery. But long ago. Yeah. They're all, you know, yeah. isolated. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of strong female characters. So obviously this was very inspired by his wife and mother. It seems like he had or has a lot of strong women in his life. And so he writes about strong women. I love that. His mother did die from uterine cancer soon after the release of Carrie. And I think she was in like her late 50s. Um, And it seemed like they were close. So you can see a lot of that. Like, you know, Uh, politics, social issues and religion pop up. Mm -hmm. Small towns with dark underbellies and secrets is like a huge It's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, Guilt and redemption. Oh. Mm. Morally gray 
main characters. So good people doing bad things, maybe uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Needful Fla- things. Mm, you love that I love one. Them uh, flawed, but sympathetic yes. characters. Okay. Addiction pops up. Mm-hmm. So King has been pretty open about his struggles with alcohol and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe his, he has been sober since the late eighties. Wow. But nice. I mean, if you want to read I mean, up if you're on cranking that, out that many novels, well, I read that like, he didn't even remember writing Cujo. Like, I mean, he yeah. seemed like he really had, you know, his struggles yeah. and that Tabitha really again, Tabby, Love her. Uh, but you will see, like, think about the shining. That yes. was a bit, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Technology and mechanics mm-hmm. pop up. So like mm-hmm. maximum overdrive, yes. Christine. Yeah. Obsession. Mm-hmm. Big theme. Boys to men. Boys to men. Doing a little East Coast swing. Okay. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> Someone take my microphone away. Uh, but like the journey from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. yeah uh, he, yeah. you know, writes about a lot. The loss of innocence to kind yes. of go along with that. The breakdown of a family unit. Mm. I thought that was interesting. So like yeah. the shining pet cemetery yes. and kind of this idea that if you're not safe in your own family unit, what does that mean? What does that mean? Interesting. Mm. Okay. Uh, hello, darkness. <laughs> Um, we know it well creative struggles and usually you'll see like a writer like someone's usually a writer uh bravery like we talked Mm -hmm. about big theme again it is really good for that one complicated dynamics between the protagonist and antagonist and hope in spite of it all is a big theme if you think about it he's kind of hopeful yeah I was playing through some of his endings. Like, I'm like, well, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mention, but he is kind of known for like writing weird as hell endings, oh, right? Oh I my mean, gosh. <laughs> it, it's the worst. Laura's still upset, I'm still about, upset it. about it. A big uh, spider thingy. No. Right. So it can be a little intimidating. I feel like, so I am definitely more of like a movie person. Okay. Yes. Like I do love books. I liked books a lot more when I was younger. Not even yeah. that I liked them a lot more. You I had just more had time. more time. Right. Um, and so I did read a lot of Stephen King yeah. when I was younger. I yeah. haven't in a lot, in many a years. Time. I kind of want to now, yeah. but I was kind of like, it can be intimidating to look at his my gosh, body like of an work. Encyclopedia. Like, where do I start? So I was wow. like, where, if you want to get into Stephen King, I mm-hmm. wanted to know, like, according to our listeners mm-hmm. who I know are big readers, what's the best Stephen yeah. King book out there? And here's the answers we got. Okay. The number one most common answer for the best Stephen King book was The Stand. Really? And I here's okay. I have never read the stand and, and I have never I don't seen think the I've stand seen that one either. In any no. adaptation. I know mm-hmm. there's I think at least two. Yeah. Um, so that now I'm like excited. And now I gotta do it. Uh this was followed by Carrie. And I would agree with that. I like Carrie the book and I think the movie adaptation is phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Different Seasons was up next. The collection. That is the collection of four. Uh, That is what my English teacher, my high school English teacher said was his favorite. So if you, you know, take that. Uh, Needful Things. Did come up a lot and The Shining. Of course. Uh, And The Shining, I believe, is his best selling novel. So if that means anything to you. I'm going to have to read the book and see if I... 
because he even says it's vastly different than the movie. Vastly different. And, and again, and he kind Dr. of, Sleep. they like did their own, mm-hmm. like after the Kubrick shining, they yeah. kind of did their own adaptation. So there's like a different, yeah, yeah that yeah. was more, you know, mm-hmm. it was closer to the book. Right. I would like to read the book because I do think the story, I would like to see that journey that the yeah. character goes on. Cause sure. I do feel like that is what was really lacking yeah. in Jack Nicholson's performance. Yeah. The second you saw him, you're like, yeah, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> So like by the end, you're like, yeah, this checks out. You're not having to <laughs> like, act too. You're right. not having to act too hard. <laughs> exactly. This is you. Okay, so that's kind of like Stephen King and I his like. Did I nail it? That was I think kind that of that was so good. Okay, there was kind of a lot in there. there. Was a and lot, again, but was, a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah, I do have some fun and random facts. That no, I feel like just, me and Tabby would be best friends. <laughs> You know what, Tabby Spruce and you do have very <laughs> similar energy from what I can tell. Okay, here's some fun facts okay. about Stephen King. Uh, King co-wrote the 1998 X-Files episode Chinga, okay, mm-hmm. which is a Monster of the Week episode about an evil doll. All right. And that's so interesting because, so this is a, if you're an X-Files fan, this is kind of a weird one because yeah. like Mulder and Scully are split up okay. yeah um but when i watched it it something about it always felt so familiar to oh, me and that was it and then when i found out that he wrote, wrote it, i was like there it course. is because it just has that i don't know that, that king touch to kingism. it uh so this is something i didn't know about the bachman books mm, okay so at like a, bachman turner overdrive that is the reference yes what? i believe so okay. at a certain point king released books under the alias richard bachman and i think bachman was B-T-O. a reference to bachman turner overdrive <laughs> so you know what there you go wow and it said there were like a few different reasons he wanted to see if like mm. i don't know if this is true but he wanted to see if like people actually liked his work or did yes. they just read him because his name was yeah. Stephen King yeah. and then some I read that like he was under a contract wherever, yeah or that he could yeah. only write a certain amount of books mm. and he wanted to write more so yeah. then he did it under so yeah, I don't okay. know that's kind of interesting I like that uh, he made a guest appearance as a biker named Bachman in Sons of Anarchy <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that yeah yeah and you know what creepy as hell always let's admit it he's pretty creepy yes uh him and tabitha split their time between bangor maine and sarasota florida i was gonna say but he's not jack nicholson creepy two totally different things you know what i feel like they live in the same world a little bit though (laughs) can we agree Uh, maybe (laughs) okay i don't know if the dark underbelly of stephen king (laughs) i feel like that's gonna come in the roast okay we'll get there uh there have been mentions of turning their bangor maine home into like a writer's retreat because i think it has become their home in maine has become Uh, like kind of a tourist attraction Uh, you do hear that a lot like you can go to maine and see stephen king's house cool and am i incorrect or is it like black isn't it like jet black oh is it i don't know i, don't know. I probably made in my head it's it's black that's and how gray. you envisioned it <laughs> in my head it's like a castle but <laughs> i don't know uh their sons joe and owen are also novelists mm-hmm. and like i said i think tabitha is a writer too nice uh little stevie, stevie. <laughs> he owns three radio stations in wow. bangor maine uh alternative and rock nice he likes to they play the- a lot of bachman turner overdrive probably. <laughs> let the let out okay. <laughs> uh, uh, King was involved in a big car accident in Yikes. 1999. I didn't know like how bad this was. I had was always bad. heard that. Yeah, but he was walking along the side of the road. Oh, I wow. thought he was in like a car accident, but he was walking. And somebody hit him. And someone struck him. Shit. Yeah. Uh, he had a collapsed right lung, leg fractures, a broken hip. I, I guess pe- they didn't I mean, think he was the gonna goes. make it. 
It's all downhill. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> Laura, you better watch out. <laughs> you better watch them hips. Uh, but yeah, I like. I think some people didn't think he was going to make oh, wow. it. Like it was really bad. Yikes. And I have heard that his writing mm-hmm. took a shift after uh, his car accident. So I don't I know. know. I haven't you know read mm. enough of his work. But compare before and after. Yes. Nice. Uh, King wrote a musical with John Mellencamp. <laughs> John Cougar. Little Diddy. No, is that him? Bow yes. Jack. They all fucking sound the same. Him and Bruce. Sucking you know, on those chili dogs. Sucking on chili dogs. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> Outside the taste of freeze. You know what? I take I take back everything. I said John Mellencamp is a lyrical genius. <laughs> Just because of that line. Hey, Sucking maybe, on chili dogs. Maybe Stephen King wrote sucks it. on a chili dog? Have we talked about this If we go on a chili chili dog date and you start sucking on it. Maybe it's code for something else. A penis. I don't know. John. (laughs) I was not going there. I had no idea. Well, what did you, what, (laughs) what did you think it meant? Was Diane sucking? (laughs) Who was sucking on the chili? <laughs> oh my god. Outside the taste of free. <laughs> keep saying that. Okay. Anyway, they wrote a musical together. Yeah. So picture this. Okay, just get there. Yeah. It was called Ghost Brothers of Darkland County. Oh my god. It premiered goodness. in 2012. Wow. How'd I miss so, it? <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. Uh, King is supposedly scared of crows and ravens. Mm. So there mm-hmm, you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to slip Romero in here one more time this season. Okay, they were kind of good friends. Yeah. I have to bring it up. King has a cameo in 1981's Night Riders. Oh. And I think I read that it was his first, like, movie appearance yeah but there um in the documentary i watched you know i didn't know it when i picked it out but there was a big section about george romero and how him and stephen king were kind of like kindred spirits a little bit and so that was that that was cute again george romero we love you and then there's savini probably like up there like would you two shut the fuck up (laughs) about me (laughs) i get it he's coming in just as much as arthur conan doyle for heaven's sake put him on the fucking mount rushmore my god uh, that is Stephen King 101. Wow. 101. Do Holy feel, shit. Oh, I, I think I said you, I could have kept, kept going. going. Wow. I could have kept going. I mean, he is like there. He is probably one of the most impactful yeah. writers in the horror fiction, if iconic. not the most. I yes. mean, he's uh, fucking iconic and we talk about him all the time. We will talk about work, yeah. We will roast him at one point because so, he does slip some fucking weird ass shit in yes. his stories, man. That. What the hell Deserve, are you doing? They what are the, roast worthy. What the fuck are they you doing? And we worthy. will talk about it. But overall, I do really yeah. like his work. Yeah. I do. Um, I think he's a I fantastic awesome, writer. Yeah. And I love the the adaptations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every I'll watch them all pretty much. Of course. Why I will not? watch them all. I mean, they're great. It's a fun time. Good horror. <laughs> yes. You know what? On that note, <laughs> let's just leave it there. Just leave it there. Uh, Stephen King, everyone. Yay. All right, I'm up. You're up. Yes. All and right. I am tackling the fall of the House of Usher today. Okay. All so right. So again, literary. 
Well, you know what? You can't kind of have spooky season without bringing Poe in somewhere. You can't. You can't. But I got to tell you that I, you know, I might have to give up my card here. Why? So this is a short story written by American author Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and the story was first published in Burton's Gentleman's Magazine in 1839. Okay. Uh, and is considered a work of gothic fiction. Ooh, okay. All right. So now let me begin by saying oh God. we talk about, you know, talk about pushing yourself outside of your boundaries. We talk a lot about like I am not a big fiction reader. You're really not. No, no I'm that's... usually like in research mode. I'm, you know. She likes, you know, herb grimoires and fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, now, field guides. If I were reading a biography on Poe, that I would find ah, interesting. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. So full transparency, the majority of my knowledge of Poe's work comes from film adaptations. 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 I love an adaptation. Me too. Um, uh, you I know, think... starring Vincent Price, of okay, course. I think most, you know what I mean? It's not. I think most people, yeah, would would feel the same. You think? Yeah. yeah, I don't think everyone reads Poe when they lay down at night. Yeah, I mean it's um it's hefty. It's a little hefty. It's hefty. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. you know. So when we talk about uh like adaptations back in the day, you have Roger Corman who did like eight. Okay. Of Poe's okay. stories. Yeah. And I think Vincent Price starred in seven of them. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. So Vinny. you have like Mask of the Red Death, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Raven, The, the House of Usher. Right? Yes. You know what? I do love The Pit and the Pendulum yes. with Vincent Price. That is a That's good one. That's a good okay. one. Uh, with that being said, as embarrassing as it is, uh, that I have not, I, I read the story. Okay. So at first I read the story, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this language is very verbose. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is some verbose language in here. And you know what? Here. You're usually, you love some verboseness. I do. Yeah. I do. But I had to, I have to admit, I had to get this the dictionary like, out. This was like old timey verbose. This is like very, yeah. Gothic verbose. And antiquated yes. language okay yes um which is beautiful sure but you know when you're trying to read something and understand I it to understand. then regurgitate it i'm like i need a dictionary to look up some of these words love that you use the word regurgitate thank you regurgitate <laughs> you did it again <laughs> <laughs> so after i read the story yeah. and looked up all the words i didn't know okay then i listened to it on audiobook oh that's a good way to go yeah it was eloquent okay, the narrator's yes. voice I was like, yeah, you're taking me there. Taking there. me there. Was it spooky? I was, it was spooky. Okay, it was like yeah. melted butter. Okay. <laughs> Sexy. And I was transported. I was feeling those spooky vibes. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the tale, I still had to refer to the cliff notes. Lord. To be able to explain <laughs> to you fine folks like, out there. And after that, I still didn't know what the fuck was going what on. What the hell is happening? Okay, fair enough. All right. So we are introduced to the narrator. Mm-hmm. We're never given a name or a description of his appearance. Okay. It could be anyone. Perhaps you, the reader. Ooh, okay. Ooh. And I'm already creeped out. There you go. He describes his trek on horseback on a dull, <laughs> dark autumn day. Here we go. Clop, clop. I was going to try to make clop, a clop, 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 clop. No, nope. clop, clop, clop. Okay, go ahead. As the evening drew on, yes. he finds himself locking his peepers on the house of Usher, Ooh. which he described in great detail as melancholy and upon first glimpse, mm-hmm. he is overcome with a feeling of insufferable gloom. Okay. You're talking, I love when you get your, you know, fireside chat voice on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can do audiobooks. Yeah, you, you say it every time. I know. Uh, looking up at the house with its eye-like windows and decaying, rotting trees, he is consumed by utter depression of the soul. Ooh, okay. And that's when I say, like, turn back, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say, turn go, back. Look away from the house. <laughs> the house lay at the edge of a black and lurid tarn. 
See, that's, that's, that's one of the, Exactly. I had tarn. to look that up. It is like a mountain lake. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. mountain lake. Yeah, tarn. so in this case, since it's dark or black and lurid, then we know that it's a spooky tarn. A spooky tarn. <laughs> spooky tarn. Does that just mean it's nighttime? I don't know. N- Nighttime. No, I think the water looks black. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. See, I don't know what's going on either. Yes, but it is nighttime. Of course, <laughs> all of these stories right, take sure. place at night, right? Uh, despite his trepidation, mm-hmm. he proceeds to the manse. Okay. As he had been summoned by post to the home of his old boyhood friend, Roderick Usher. Okay. The two men had not seen each other in many years, mm. but he was apparently Roderick's only friend. Oh, ouch. And he was in need of him now. It seems Roderick was not doing so hot and was in desperate need of companionship for a few weeks. Roddy, what's wrong? His mental state was fragile. Okay. (laughs) Roddy. (laughs) Upon a closer inspection of the house, what seemed to stand out was its excessive antiquity. Okay. And discoloration of the ages. Okay. Minute. This is, I love this. And they, <laughs> like, they said it several times this story. Minute fungi. Okay. Over the entire outside. Okay. Like a fine tangled web. Edgar Allan Poe, when was your birthday, you my go. friend? <laughs> the rotting woodwork. The distinct fissure, which is a crack extending from the roof to the front of the building. <laughs> you said it's a crack. Okay. A fissure is a crack. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I already knew. I <laughs> That's saw the, the word you explained. Fissure. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a zigzag pattern down the wall. Okay. Disappearing into the waters of the tarn. Okay. Did you see the reflection of the water? Good thing you explained tarn. See, okay, exactly. Yeah. It comes up often. Right. Um, as the narrator finally gets into the gothic archway of the home, uh-huh. he is led through the halls and corridors, explaining the decor of the house in detail. Love I mean, that. we've got a lot of detail going on. Love that. Bobby Burke me. <laughs> right? Right? Giving the reader the feeling that the house is the main character in this tale. Okay. And the star of the show. Nice. Right? Yeah. The somber tapestries hanging about, the carvings on the ceilings, and the phantasmagoric phantasmagoric Hold on. What is that word? You know, like not real. You know, Fantastic. I had, Fanta- I, had or- I had an orgasm while I watched the movie Phantasm. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Phantasmagoric. Yes. Armorial trophies. So, you know, like when you go into haunted houses and there's those knights of armor. Oh, That's I see. Basically That's phantasmagoric. All right. <laughs> they look phantasmagoric. I'm They're there. armorial trophies. Okay. Now, that is a mouthful. It is. All right. But we get the idea that this house is in need of a makeover. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It, yeah. Needs it, it needs some help. Okay. Uh, the house once grandiose and mighty was now falling to ruin and decay. Much like the character of Roderick Usher. Okay, ouch, roast. Who, after what seems like forever, our narrator is finally reunited with. Okay. I'm like, my gosh, how long is this going to take? <laughs> Said short story. <laughs> at first glance, the narrator is agape at the appearance of his old friend. Okay. And the swiftness of his altered appearance. Mm-hmm. He barely recognizes him. Oh, my God. His eyes, large, liquid, and luminous. Liquid. His lips, thin and pallid. Ew. His cadaverousness complexion. I think that's pale and pasty. <laughs> it means you look like a cadaver. Right? Yeah. Wow, just roasted. sunken in. You know what? You haven't seen this van in years, and yeah, this is what you have is, to say. You, you know what? Say. Ease up. All the way, all the, Ease way to, the fuck up. All the way down to his finely molded chin and breadth of his nostrils. I mean, we really get in there. Okay. What can the man do to control <laughs> his nostrils? 
<laughs> like fucking the other stuff, if he was unkempt, okay, roast. But like my nostrils, that seems unnecessary. I mean, it takes us there. We're, you know, we are transported. The, we're, man, the, we're man's, staring. the man's got some nostrils. We're I got staring it. at Roderick Gusher. <laughs> and we can tell that he has seen better days. Okay, yeah. You know, I've been the star of many plays. Right. <laughs> seen better days. days all right roderick explained to his old friend that mm-hmm. he suffered from a constitutional and family evil implying that there is a curse on the usher line ah okay he was having trouble eating mm. he could only wear certain fabrics of clothing okay the smell of flowers sickened him and his eyes were tortured by the faintest of light okay he was descending into madness a vampire. prisoner of his crumbling home we'll get to that okay mm. He spoke of his beloved sister, Madeline, mm-hmm. his sole companion for many years, okay. as they were the last two remaining in the line of ushers. Mm. He explained Madeline was not long for this world, okay. as she also suffered a malady. Ouch. A gradual wasting away. Okay. And the thought of Roderick being left alone was fueling his madness. Something like codependence, maybe? Okay, lore. <laughs> Like, like Grey Garden. I am sensing some codependency. Like Grey Garden. Who wants to talk? Is we're that going to be us? <laughs> I just said, who wants to fucking talk? Babe. Have you ever seen Grey Gardens? No, I, I don't think want that would to. be us. It'd be like, Edie and Edith. It'd be like, Edie. it'd be like looking in a mirror. I don't oh my God. see it. Everybody go watch Grey Gardens. <laughs> no. It's me and Lee. No, you Edie. see. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it's going to be us when we get over. Wonderful. Just then, the narrator catches a glimpse of Madeline passing through the hall. But she doesn't even notice him at all. Okay. This glimpse he caught of her would be his last as she died that very night. Okay, rest in peace. Whoa, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Roderick asked for the assistance of his friend to help place Madeline within one of the numerous vaults within the home for a fortnight. Why you got some bolt? That means some bolts. <laughs> vaults. <laughs> vaults. What, what's a fortnight? Two weeks. Oh, is yes, that what it means? Okay. All right. Uh, before moving her to her final resting place, mm-hmm. his reasoning that the narrator could not deny was to keep her safe from the medical men, which medical? were grave robbers who would steal corpses for medical experiments, which was know? common at the time. That was a thing. And think of Mary Shelley, you know, oh, Frankenstein. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The painstaking details and laying her in the vault again. You're there. It's creepy as hell. I mean, they're like going down the stairs. Right. And like, I mean, it's, Lord, yeah. I need to know. I, you know, I'm Too not even going to take it. for you. There's a lot of detail. That's shocking. A lot of detail. Uh, they could have wrapped that up a little quicker. <laughs> the narrator cannot help but mention Madeline's rosy cheeks and lingering smile on her lips. So she ain't hmm. dead. She ain't dead. And Are also, vampire? And also, the two happen to be twins. They're he twins. finds out. Yes. Oh, we didn't know this? No. Okay. Uh, not long after, Roderick's behavior goes from bad to worse as his nervousness and anxiety have heightened. Okay. On the seventh or eighth day after they put her in the vault, right. uh, the narrator has retired to his bed. Okay. He found it difficult to sleep and he chalked it up to the tacky decor in the room. No, he did <laughs> <laughs> not. Who is this man? He said these crumply grapes or drapes. I said drapes. <laughs> in the drapes i mean for fuck's sake i don't fuck with this dude i'm on the side of the one that's wasting away (laughs) a sense of horror overcame him okay he rose to throw on his clothes he would sleep no more this evening okay roderick knocks upon the door in a state of hysteria yeah asking the narrator if he has seen it have you not seen it 
What, what are we saying? But stay, you shall. <gasps> Throwing open the window to the storm outside, uh-huh. sending in a gust of wind, nearly knocking the two to their feet. Okay. Noises that echoed out, which Roderick had been hearing for days, uh-huh. now made present to the narrator. Okay, so now, yes. hey, hey, narrator, shut the fuck up. Now, okay, something's happening. Now he's All like, right. mm-hmm. Roderick cries out, we have put her in a living tomb. As the oh, lo- sissy. Okay, I was yes. like, who are you talking about? Okay, yeah. As the lady Madeline appears at the door, her white robes covered in blood, she stands trembling at the door. They buried her in a and white robe? Th- well, Sick. I mean, okay. <laughs> that was all the rage well, back then. <laughs> that, that was the fashion back then. Love it. And then with a low moaning cry, she falls heavily onto her brother. Her final death scene. Taking her brother with her, they both fall to the floor. Wait, so was she dead? A or- corpse. Roderick, a victim of his fear. Okay. All, all right. right. All right. Quickly, the narrator said, gotta go. <laughs> okay. And on that note, and fled. Well, fuck your drapes. <laughs> and fled as the storm continued to add a scare factor. Right. Okay, yeah. The narrator sees a wild light shooting along the path. And when he turns to look upon it, the blood red full moon shined down through that fissure. Mm. And the house crumbles, sinking into the abyss of the deep, dank tarn. Okay, come on, Carrie. See why we have the no oh, fun. Okay, okay. I love that. Cool. Yes, I, yes. Thank you on the tarn. <laughs> on the tarn. <laughs> yeah, yes. the tarn. But what does it all mean? Hmm. This is where right. I have a lot of questions. I okay. know. This is where I get a headache because it was Poe's modus operandi okay. to leave the horror themes to the mind of the reader. He was very in the mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He but, was trying to fuck with you there a little bit. But he wanted you to think for yourself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it could mean something different right. to literally anybody. You know well, what I, I mean? I love that. So like my horror may not be your horror. Here's what I, here's what I, I mean. I would have really been. I would have been you with the narrator. On the drapes. I know. The drapes. I know. As soon as he said it, I said, this is lore. <laughs> I can't sleep with these crappy drapes. I know. Drapes. We just buried someone in the fucking basement alive, but fuck these drapes. <laughs> I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I like can't this. sleep in these conditions. <laughs> what? Um, here's what I, so I have, I was not really familiar with this specific mm-hmm. story. You know, I like Poe, mm-hmm. but I had not really, I don't think I had ever even read this one. Here's yeah. what I got from it. Were they vampires? Okay. We're going to get into that. So I had to ask myself on several occasions. Is this tale? Is this like a supernatural tale? Is it, well, or is it just kind about, of? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's teetering, yeah, right? Or is it about one's descent into madness? I think it's both. So I think it is both, right? For me, the house was clearly haunted. I was gonna say, he, but when I talked he, to Jake, he said, "No, that house is not haunted." Oh, really? But to me, that is what I got from you it. You got that the house yeah, was alive. Like I was totally Amityville horroring it when he was like the, the eye, eyes like for windows, when you said that, yeah, and like the the moss and the fungi growing, like they were sentient well, beings. Yeah. You know, well, you said the house was really. Yeah, the main yeah, focal I mean, point. So. They focus so much on the detail of that house. Interesting. You know what I mean? Ew. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you what stuck out to me was when you said something about the eyes and the light mm-hmm. and the withering yeah. away. I was like, this yeah. is giving me vampire a little right. bit. But the family was also cursed. So uh, was it a curse? Okay. Was it a twin thing? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Was Madeline a vampire? Feeding off of Roderick. So this is the theory that many have adopted. Subtle as it once was, which obviously it wasn't because you picked right up on it. I was like, I didn't get that from this. Oh, did you not? No, I didn't. I like, you know, I'm big on vampires though. So if that element is in there, I'll latch onto it. I was going to say, you were distracted by the drapery. (laughs) Right, right. But once you like see it, you can't unsee it. Right. Um, So, and it's something that Poe used in a lot of his other works. And he wanted to illustrate the vampire 
generic nature of human beings. Mm, see, mm. I like that. Okay. All right. So consider the narrator's description of the appearances of the two. Yeah. Roderick's pallor, sensitivity to light, yeah. oppressive odor. And, uh, <laughs> you fucking stank. I, well, he couldn't smell flowers. They were like. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, he right. He couldn't eat like he certain foods. He didn't stink. He couldn't right. smell. He could, yeah, it. it made him sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Madeline's rosy cheeks when she was buried. Well, yeah, because she was not dead. Right. So she was something. Yes, I think she was dead. They, it right, said but that I'm she saying was, with the rosy cheeks. Right, right, right. Come on. The tarn. You know, surrounds the home. <laughs> and it was believed that long ago that vampires could not cross water. Right. We've talked about this. Because it was a purifier. Yes. Which would indicate why they were stuck in that house or their tomb, <gasps> you might say. Oh, they couldn't yeah, get out. Yeah, they couldn't get out. Oh, interesting. So the house was decrepit in age. Like, how long? You know, the two, like, <laughs> the two had been, like, how long was it? Like, how long were there, there no been other there. ushers? Oh, you know? well, yeah, he said it had been a while and since he, he said, saw his old pal. Yeah, and he okay. said the two were each other's companions for many years. Mm, okay, kind of. Yes. It's given me creepy a little bit. Right. Yeah. And the tomb could not keep her down. She arose to fall into her brother, <laughs> <Me>. render, <laughs> rendering him a corpse, right? So right. like in the manner of she like had sucking his him. blood. Right. She had to take, take him the last with drop. Her. Right. Okay. All of this occurring during the blood red full moon, yes. which is the time when vampires feast. <gasps> okay. Yes. I picked right up on that. You Where did. the fuck was I at? I don't know. You were there. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Wow. Hell yes. I love this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I so think it could be many things. It could be yeah. many things. And I think it's what you, you know, to me, it was like More the isolation the of the house mm-hmm. and being stuck in there. And, and we talk about this all the time. You like, like that kind of trope. You like the hill house, the mm, idea of the house being like to, an actual living. Yes. But to me, that's also like scary. We talk about it like scary. Yeah. The, my nightmare is like sitting behind a desk from nine to five in a right, cubicle, sure. you know, like being isolated stuck. and stuck. Uh, I don't like being stuck somewhere. Okay. Well, that's probably why yeah, that's what you that's picked, why up I on. picked up on, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? right like fairy. everybody thinks something totally different. Uh-huh. So I just thought it was like a living haunted house that was making their cheese slide off the cracker. Sure. Right? Uh, but there is a reason for that which then does bring me to my lesson okay okay Ooh. so i thought and again hello i don't even know what gothic literature is like where does that come from you know like oh i God, know what you... it encompasses okay, but yeah. like where because we don't usually talk about oh, books we've and never stuff really like talked about this Ooh, right. are you gonna tell me i am Ooh, right okay right so gothic literature gets its name from the gothic architectural style okay of the middle ages yeah so these crumbling castles the antiquated estates the decrepit spaces which is exactly what i picture when yes. i picture stephen king's house exactly he lives in what you're he describing lives in it. right yeah these um become the central backdrops of these tales yeah, okay. right it's the main character, you might say. Okay. Right? Yes. Um, gothic literature is rooted in blending the old mm. with the new. Okay. Which is often the case during times of historical transition, which is exactly what was happening at the end of the 18th century when this became a thing. Really? Yeah. So during this time, there was economic, political, and social unrest. Okay. And Gothic literature was and continues today to be like a reactionary expression of in-your-face presentations of societal oh, fears. Okay. Like, so we... Can can like be presented with this and then we can take them and try to we're given the opportunity to alleviate the fears 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So they're presenting okay. it like they're putting it in your face and then they're like, okay. Okay. Let's, let's try work to work this out let's here. Work okay. It out. Got yeah. it. So these literary masterpieces focus heavily on, as we said, like dark, ominous backdrops. Yes. Um, as in our story, the house literally becomes a tomb or a place of confinement for them. Mm. The macabre. The macabre. Pleasure and fear, death and romance, mm-hmm. the deep, dark emotions. Okay. Psychological torment. A lot of, I feel like when I hear gothic, I instantly go like something psychological is going to be happening to me. I don't, yeah. Yeah. And they're bringing that in. Unfamiliar places being trapped and isolated. That's so interesting. Which is interesting with what you said about King. Well, I mean, I think I saw that he was like heavily inspired by Poe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, The unknown, the unseen and existential crises. Like, what does it all mean? You know, (laughs) girl, what is our moral code? We don't know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Long story short, (laughs) we we don't don't fucking know. Anyway, a man by the name of Horace Walpole. Horace. In 1764, he had a book and it was entitled The Castle of Otranto, hopefully okay. I said that right, which he claimed was a genuine medieval manuscript. Okay. Which he had miraculously, it's <laughs> miraculously was found and translated. Okay. And it hits the bestseller list right out of the gate, right? Okay, People look, are clamoring. Nice. They want to get their hands on it. A year later, good old Horace gave up his ruse and came clean, admitting that he concocted the whole story and that he actually penned it. Uh, yeah. Got it. Okay, Horace. So thus creating the gothic genre. And also solidifying one of its often used features, the wink, wink found manuscript. Okay. Uh Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Introducing us to a mainstay in Gothic literature, the secret passageways, the gloomy castles, the sightings of apparitions, the Mm. ominous landscapes, all components in his book and continued to inspire other writers. Okay. And this book was a major influence in post-Fall of the House of Usher. So you can kind of see the crossover there. Without Horace, there would probably be no Poe, no Shelley. And no Stephen King. Horace. Yeah. Okay, Horace, come on. Uh, he was the originator. In the gothic. Okay. Yes. Wowza. Yes. Uh, he created the genre. And a side note, he was also credited as an inventor of new words. What do you mean? Not surprising. Well, like the words are verbose. Uh, yeah. Like okay. he invented words like souvenir. What do you mean? Nuance. He created these words. Are you fucking serious? Somber. How can you just, cre- I want to create a word. Well, do How it. How do you just decide to. He created my favorite word of all time. What is it? Cumberbund. Serendip- serendipity. Oh. <laughs> serendipity. <laughs> my favorite word of all time is cumberbund. Cumberbund. Mine is serendipity. I, I do hey, like that would be a great Jeopardy question. What? Like. Cumberbund? Who created the word serendipity? I just am like a little, uh, how, do, how does one create a word? You know what? Well, they had to come from somewhere. Rufalicious. <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> so, uh, Spread it around. I love That's that. That's how it happens. <laughs> exactly how you create. You know what? I, you answered my question. Thank there you. you. I, feel, I feel pleased with that response. <laughs> anyway, some names you may know who are considered gothic authors. Okay. Besides Poe, of course, and the OG Horace. Yes. Uh, Mary Shelley. Yeah. Bram Stoker. Uh, Edith Wharton, who I do not, I'm not familiar not, with. No. no. Charles Dickens. Really? I even saw Arthur Conan Doyle's name pop up. What are you? You are not. <laughs> you are not a gothic writer. I do not. Oh my you God. Know, I don't know. Maybe some of the, gets maybe in some there, of the hounds of the Baskervilles. Oh. Maybe, you know. Okay, you know I what? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> 
We'll bring him on <laughs> All in. All right. Um, Robert Louis Stevenson, okay. Jekyll and Hyde, right? Oh, okay. And Radcliffe, The Mysterious, The Mysteries of Udolpho. Okay. I do not know. Not familiar. Uh, Jane Austen. Hmm. Henry James. Mm-hmm. He did The Turn of the Screw, which is the inspiration for Bly Manor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Charlotte Bronte. Emily Bronte. Uh, Oscar Wilde's The Picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, that's one of Jake's favorites. Wilkie Collins did The Woman in White. Wow. Hey, we're giving you a good book list here. Ray Bradbury did Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yes. Uh, Interview with a Vampire in Rice. Yes. And then I also saw, of course, Shirley Don't Jackson. Don't you dare forget Queen of the Damned. Don't you dare even try. I'm going to. No. Um, Maurice Sendak, I saw. Uh, oh. Shirley Jackson, Washington Irving, H.P. Lovecraft, Nathaniel Hawthorne, William Faulkner. And on and, and on and on. And that's just the tip. Just the tip, as just we like tip. to say. And that's that was good to pair with mine because yes. King was no doubt inspired oh, by. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, the a lot of these things transcend into film just like you said his right. did which I think is why I love the Vincent Price ones because okay. they really play up on the castle I was gonna the say whole, that gothic feel that is definitely gothic. present the the uh, setting is very yes, cobwebs uh, and all cob- the costumes man the skeletons on yeah, strings oh my god hilarious <laughs> yeah so uh, that's what I got on that that's gothic literature there 101 okay I do have a couple fun facts give it to me all right not not only was Horace's OG inspo for Poe, mm-hmm. but apparently he was inspired by events that occurred at the Hezekiah Usher House, okay. which was located in Boston, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. adjacent to the Boston Commons. Okay, Rumor has it when the house was torn down in 1830, two bodies were found in a hole in the cellar. <gasps> embracing you were they brother and sis <laughs> <laughs> some people some people think that it was two lovers, two lovers. Uh, placed in there by the female's husband <gasps> oh. who found out about the affair oh my god Yikes. a lover's tryst. Twist? Yes. tryst 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 yes did i say the right word tryst i'm smart Yes, you are. <laughs> but see, if I have Put to, lab coat if on. I have to explain myself, then you're not. I should, I should really <laughs> learn to not walk through my thought process. I should just say a word with confidence. And <laughs> you should. If it wasn't a word, I, I can invent one. <laughs> there you go. You can't invent exactly. Word. All right, and a real life couple, Mister and Missus Luke Usher, that mm-hmm. were friends of his mother's and cared for Poe and his siblings after their mother's passing. Aww. Wonder if they're related to this other guy who dumped his wife and her lover in the hole. Jeez, I hope not. Jeez, I mean small town. Okay. All right. Anyway, we have already said that we're Flana fans. Flana right? fans. So when I say that Mike Flanian was at it again, I could not wait to dive into this eight episode series. Yeah, if you don't know, yeah, that just dropped. On Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna lie to you. We watched it and it was good. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like my favorite. It doesn't top my Haunting of Hill House, but My Manor, Black Mass, Midnight Club. We see all of these same actors, like, which I love. I like Mike Flanagan's Little Universe. Yes, yes. Uh, So it's very loosely based on the fall of the House of Usher. Like we've got Roderick, we've got Madeline. Yeah. But then each episode is titled... After, you know, a after a different post story. So we have like Murder at the Rue Morgue, The Ma- Black Cat, The yeah. Telltale Heart. Mask of the Red Death. Mask of the there. Red Death. That which was, is, that was that a good was so one. Good. Yeah, that I was, was like, so Mike good. Flanagan, you Ooh. motherfucker, you got me with that yeah, one. That was they, so good. And he even bring it, you know, instead of we had the narrator, he brings in 
Sergeant Dupin, uh, right. which is like that was a good of, yeah, character, yes. of the, which inspired Arthur Conan Doyle to write Sherlock Holmes. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! And once again, we've arrived back at Arthur Conan Doyle. Here we are, <laughs> and scene, and scene. <laughs> anyway, so if you haven't checked that out yet, it's so good. We should start a completely different podcast where we start the episode on a random topic and we have to get it to Arthur Conan Doyle by the end, like of the, the six episode. degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> we just have to tie it back to you know what it would probably. Arthur Conan Doyle, George Romero, Tom Savini, like you said, the Mount Rushmore, (laughs) and Harry Houdini. There you go. I love it. All right. Whatever way you enjoy Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. I believe his legacy is here to stay. Uh, I would say so. Remember when we went to the museum in Philly, his house? That was yeah, awesome. if you're in Philly, there's a cool little, cool house. I hope it's still there, yeah. a little Edgar Allan Poe Museum, because he mm-hmm. like lived, lived there, there for a minute and did some for writing two there. seconds. I yeah. think it was one of those, he stepped a toe in this house. He touched the side but of the wall. you know what? They had a lot of yeah, cool stuff. And it was I, really cool. I think it was free. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was yeah, free. It was yeah. really good. And they had tchotchkes. I there did were get, I did get a pin and maybe like a keychain. Yes, there were tchotchkes uh, to be had. I love Poe. I yes. do love Poe stories around this time of year. Mm. I'm big on Poe audiobooks. Or yeah. like Jake used to read them to me. Yeah, I don't like to read Poe myself. Yeah, I sound like such a bitch. I don't like to read Poe. Well, I like it to be read to me. But yeah. it is. I stumble too much over the the old language, so yeah. I like to kind of hear it. Well, that's what like I said. I read it, and it was hard to enjoy it because right. I had to look up so many words. But yeah. then when I listened to it on the audio I was like oh you yes because the flow of how he was saying it tone, and you could the, kind of piece together mm-hmm, the without vibe. knowing you know yeah. if I hadn't known the word you know yeah there's yeah. tons of good audiobook mm-hmm. readings of Poe yeah. get you in the spooky vibe I mean we better yeah. because guys next week is Halloween yes Can you fucking believe that I can't believe it I can't believe that oh we my god we better get that working means, on our costumes <gasps> our costumes yes oh should we give them a hint no okay Surprise. It's going to be a surprise. I think it's going to be the best one yet. <laughs> As I said, I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah, you know us. Maybe. We can, can we top over the garden wall? I don't know. That one was pretty that was good. A good one. But you know what? I think I'm so excited to see October dressed up as what we have planned. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to tell them so bad, but we good can't uh, tune in next week to tune find out what week. we're dressing up. Suddenly uh, see more. <laughs> 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 I wanted to be the you're one to such do it. A, you little bitch. I was like, let me give them a hint. And you're like, no. And then you literally like, if you don't know what it is after that. <laughs> uh, hey, that was a good episode. That was I liked good. that. I'm going to actually think I'm, I think I'm going to go and listen to the audiobook of that one. Cause after I think watching the series and then hearing you talk yeah. about it, that sounds like a good one, especially yeah. with the vampire angle. Now I'm kind yeah. of excited. Now you'll, uh, you know, now you'll be picking up on those little, yeah. Innuendos. And you know what? This was a good one entering Scorpio season yes. because I feel like Scorpio season is very gothic. Oh, you know, yeah. like I feel like Scorpios have that the gothic, deep, dark mysteries. Vampiric. Yeah. Vampiric. Vampiric. Yeah. I, mean, I like it. Scorpios are known for their sexiness. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's more sexy than gothic literature? <laughs> you know what? Get me a cigar because you're talking my talk again. I'm about to. <laughs> Take a puff of my pipe and read a gothic novel and cuddle under a blankie. There you go. Uh, All right. Hey, we'll catch you next week. All right, everybody. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.